Hey guys, I'd like to personally invite you to Yap Society on Slack. It's a community where listeners go to network and give us valuable feedback on the show. We do things like discuss current events, chat live with guests, and vote on episode titles and upcoming topics. To join Yap Society on Slack, go to bit.ly slash Yap Society. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Yap Society. And if you're already active, share the wealth and invite your friends. This episode of Yap is sponsored by Rethink Creative Group. They're a digital advertising, marketing, and content creation agency focused on helping businesses of all sizes. They do everything from running your social media platforms for you, to building your website, running digital advertising, to producing podcasts just like this. Our listeners get a special gift if you sign up to work with them. Go to rethink.agency slash yap to learn more. That's rethink.agency slash yap. Check them out. You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. I'm your host, Halataha, and today we're speaking with David Meltzer, co-founder and CEO of Sports One, a sports marketing firm which he co-founded with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. Prior to Sports One Marketing, David was CEO of the world's first smartphone and later became CEO of the world's most notable sports agency, Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. He's an award-winning humanitarian, an international keynote speaker, and best-selling author. David's mission is to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. Today, we're going to speak with David about his philosophy on life, learn from the mistakes he made earlier in his career, and find out his secrets for attracting unlimited success and abundance. Hey, David, welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast. Thank you for having me, Hala. I'm really excited to be here. Likewise, we are so excited to have a guest like you on the show. Can't wait to get it in with you. Your story is so fascinating. It's filled with ups and downs. There is so much to learn and absorb from it. You have gone from rags to riches, starting up, growing up in a household with six siblings and a single mom, to becoming a millionaire just nine months after graduating law school, and a multi-millionaire by the time you were 32. Then in 2009, you lost it all, went bankrupt, but you quickly rebuilt yourself and your empire, acquiring so many life lessons on the way, which I hope to uncover. So we have a lot to talk about. That's right. I'm ready to go. Hopefully those lessons will be shared and the dummy tax that I paid won't have to be paid by others. So I want to begin with your childhood. From listening to your interviews online, I've learned you were a hyperactive kid, used to have trouble studying, your siblings were quite the opposite, some of which were you call super geniuses that went to Ivy League schools. But while they had academics on lock, you were a natural hustler, which in the real world can translate to a lot of success. In your own words, tell us what you were like as a kid. You know, as a kid, I was hyper and active and aggressive. I just wanted to be rich as a little kid, right? I Not not for the wrong reasons, but I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. My mom sacrificed so much. I had so many money issues to be responsible for my mom as my dad left when I was five. And the only time I wasn't happy was when I caught my mom upset about finances, about not being able to fix a car or send us to college or summer camp or not having enough money for food. And I saw her working two jobs as a second grade teacher and then coming home, making dinner, packing it into a paper bag and going to fill draining card turnstiles at the 7-Elevens just so we would have and meet. And I just felt as if money bought happiness. And I was in such a loving, extraordinary family that 
I just wanted to have the comforts of more than a two bedroom apartment and sleeping on a windowsill, you know, <laughs> it's really what drove me. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, driving you towards success, let's move on to the early part of your career. What were you like as a young man? You ended up going to law school. So what inspired you to actually go to law school? And then how did you end up making the change from lawyer to businessman? Well, my mom had a philosophy. And even though I wasn't the best student of my siblings, I did very well in high school. I just didn't realize how well I did. But I wanted either to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a failure. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I was guided. But I found out from my oldest brother a uh, great lesson to be more interested than interesting. I actually, at 18 years old, didn't know that doctors had to learn and practice in hospitals, even if you wanted to be a sports doctor. Just as if when I ran the most notable sports agency in the world, kids came up and still do all the time and tell me they want to be sports agents. And they know as much about being a sports agent as I did about being a doctor. So I always share the lesson that my older brother gave me, which is be more interested than interesting. Find people that sit in the situation that you want to be in and find out how to get there. But I decided to go to law school. I reverse engineered what the highest paying jobs out of law school were. So I went to Tulane University because they had the top maritime program to be an oil and gas litigator, which at the time was the top paying law profession out of law school. But I ended up not taking the job in oil and gas. I actually took a job as an entrepreneur in a new field called the internet in the early 90s with .edu. There was a big legal publisher called West Publishing that had started something called Westlaw. And because I had great sales skills, and I had those skills through college, through law school, I had various jobs to make a lot of money selling encyclopedias in college, selling tennis shoes on incoming Salesforce for 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. before I went to the law office to work when I was in law school. So I knew I could sell. Everyone always told me I could sell, and I decided I would sell legal research online. And within nine months, I was a millionaire, even wow. despite the fact my mom told me to be a real lawyer <laughs> and that the Internet was going to be a fad, which was lesson number two for me. Just because someone loved me mm -hmm. doesn't mean they give you good advice. And so many times we allow others to manifest what they want for us. And these people are called our family, friends, associates. And then when we manifest what they want for us and we're not happy, we resent the closest people, the most important people in our lives, simply because we weren't accountable for making our own decisions. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up because I think this is one of the most powerful things that you talk about is to not take everyone's advice and the courage you had to face your mother, who you say has a black belt in Jewish guilt, yeah. <laughs> who's not supportive of you. And, you know, you went against her advice, but then you ended up being massively successful, way more successful than if you were just to have been a lawyer. So that's really incredible. And just because they love you or birthed you, it doesn't mean that they give good advice. Yeah, and I think it's important to distinguish that I was uh, successful at my profession, right? I think it's important for young entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general to understand that we are successful at certain things when we are consistent and persistent in the pursuit of our potential. So even before I went to college, I was a successful football player because for me, even though I ended up playing Division three football, getting an academic scholarship to college based upon the leadership award they gave me because I did play football. My great success in life is still to be an average 
Division three football player because that's the closest <laughs> to my potential that I've lived. And I think it's important for people to understand there's different areas of their life according to their personal values, their experiential values, their giving values and receiving values that they can determine how successful they are in each of the activities that they're participating in. Because my life is constructed in the 24 hour construction, the man-made construct of time. I look at things as activities, activities I get paid for, activities I don't get paid for. And I'm breaking down those activities by how successful I am in the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential and the enjoyment of that. And so whether it be the activity of being a father, activity of being a husband, activity of being a philanthropist, activity of being a business person, a coach, a speaker, a podcaster, whatever those activities that I participate in, I want to pursue and enjoy the pursuit of my potential at all times. And I want to remain happy. So I really think it's important for people when they hear, oh, you were a great success, mine, nine months out of law school. I wasn't, mm -hmm. right? I was financially successful and I was successful at my sales profession, but I was a moron. I was arrogant. I was living my life in an ego-based, fear-based consciousness that at 51 years old is quite obvious to me because of the lessons that I've learned and what I've taken from it. But I think not many people my age that have professional successes illuminate the fact that, look, I was a complete moron when I was young and I made tremendous amount of mistakes. And I want to encourage people to enjoy the lessons and look back and rejoice in the fact that, yeah, maybe you're financially successful at 25, but there's so much more to life. And that what if I could be a success or pursue my potential in all the different activities that I took during the day? Mm-hmm. Totally. So basically you're saying like, yeah, you might have been financially secure, but you weren't a well-rounded human. And so you had to work on your personal development. Many of these topics I hope to get into if we have enough time. You were just mentioning that you were a great salesman. You got out of college, you got your first job, you made your first million dollars in nine months. Were you always good at sales? Is that something that came naturally to you or was it something you studied and got really good at? Both. So initially, I'm what they call an eagle, somebody that can sell ice to Eskimos. I can make an emotional attachment to people and then give them logical reasons to buy. But I really didn't excel in sales until I understood and became a student of sales, when I became a professional salesperson. When I met with a guy named Tony Gwynn, who's a famous old baseball player, and he said, you know, I was born with these gifts to hit a baseball. I was born with extraordinary hand-eye coordination. I have learned a love of of the game of baseball but what made me the best hitter of all times and at his time he was eight batting titles a 394 batting average is hard to beat but he said what made me great is i'm a professional hmm. i sit here for hours and study pitchers and I study technique and I practice way more than anyone else. And David, if you want to be a professional, the greatest that there is at your profession, then you need to do the same thing. Sales is a gift, just like hitting a baseball or throwing one, but you can become better by being a student and a professional by practicing. And I learned solution selling. I learned spin selling. I created my own five to thrive system and I truly am a sales professional. And so I encourage anyone that's born with 
with those gifts to utilize them and maximize them. You know, there's two types of players in the league. There's a guys like LeBron James that were just born with extraordinary talent and still have the work ethic to be a professional. And then there's guys like James Harden who may not have the exact same skills that LeBron James, but have extraordinary work ethic and became a professional at the capacity or potential that he was given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just goes to show it's practice makes perfect, basically. Absolutely. So you were actually super frugal when you first started to make money. Even when you had a million dollars in the bank, you were wearing the same shoes and socks for a whole year. What was your reasoning behind this? I think there's two things going on that I lived, like I said, in an ego-based consciousness. I didn't understand fear motivated me or I felt as if fear motivated me. What I've learned throughout the last 35 years is that fear focused me right? The natural being of the ego and fear is that it provides extreme focus, but it actually is a drain on the emotional economy. It's a drain on your energy. It's a depreciator, not an appreciator. And so I lived in a universe of not enough. And so I was constantly scared that I would lose everything. I was constantly scared to go bankrupt. I was constantly scared, which caused misbeliefs like my own luck was created by not only did I not want to spend the money on new clothes, new shoes and new socks, but I felt like my clothes and my shoes and my socks were lucky. And so I created all these false different focuses in my life that now I know were just ridiculous, all fear-based emotions. And now I found the substitute of consistent, persistent behavior to fear and consistent, persistent behavior creates inspired behavior and that gains and appreciates my life instead of sucks my soul like fear. Wow, that's very interesting and powerful. Often things from our childhood end up haunting us later in life. And so you were different from your siblings. You weren't really interested in studies. You said in past interviews that during this time, you carried the energy of being stupid and you projected inferiority. Could you share with our listeners what you mean about that and how you got out of your own way to overcome those feelings? Yes. You know, I do a lot of executive business coaching and As a coach, I realized there's three different things that were going on. One was my conscious, which had a duality of the ego-based conscious, the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, guilty, resentful, offended, angry, frustrated, all of the different fear-based emotions. And then there's also the truth consciousness. And that's aggregated by what we think, say, and do. And then you have the belief system, which is in the subconscious, that are the neural pathways that are formed by consistent behavior of what we think, say, and do. And then we have the aggregate of faith, which is what we think, say, do, and believe, but that create our unconscious competencies, which are number one, genetic, passed down from at least four generations, could even be lifetimes, but at least four generations that consist of our personality traits, our characteristics, our obsessions, our addictions, which then also have the unconscious competency of our energy. And what happens in people's lives is they can think, say, do, and believe all the right things, But if they don't change their genetics, activate their DNA that works for them and carry the right energy, they'll consistently attract the wrong things into their life. So as a child, I was very hyperactive. I was told by my grandmother when I would tell her I'm bored, right? My siblings were sitting around studying. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go play and I would tell her I'm bored and she would consistently tell me only stupid people get bored, smart people think to do. I was also surrounded by 
people that were summa cum laude at Harvard, Penn, and Columbia, and I felt as if I was inferior. And so what I did is I projected my insecurity that I was stupid by surrounding myself with people that were less motivated, intelligent, smart students than I was, making myself feel superior or better. I would project my insecurity by bragging and exaggerating and manipulating and overselling and back-end selling and lying to people to make myself feel better that I actually was worthy or smart enough to be in the position that I want. And when I was taught through quantum healing and theta meditation, when I was taught about vibration and about the unconscious competencies and what was truly occurring in my life, even though everything I thought did and even believed was that I was intelligent enough to be in the place that I was and be rewarded with all that I had manifested, I was carrying an unconscious competency from those circumstances as a young child and from having the siblings that I had that I was not enough, that I was not smart enough. And that itself manifested or attracted mm -hmm. all these things into my life that I didn't want because it's the aggregate. I was putting faith into what I didn't want and I was getting more of what I didn't want. Yeah. The law of attraction is so powerful and I definitely want to cover that and go in your whole philosophy around that and your different beliefs because I think that it's so important for people to understand that what they think, their vibrations, their energy, all of these things really manifest your destiny and manifest the rest of your life. And if you don't have control over your thoughts, over the energy that you put out to the world, then you're just kind of going nowhere, you know? So I definitely think that that's something we've got to cover but first I want everybody to understand just how rich you got <laughs> because that's very important this is young and profiting podcast and we want to know you got a million dollars nine months out of law school you're probably like what 25 five yeah. that's crazy like that's awesome. amazing. I bought my mom a house in a car with it. That's just insane. Like you don't hear that ever happening to people. So you got all this money right out of college. How did you end up multiplying your wealth at that time? So I didn't know it, but I unconsciously stayed focused on acceleration and exponential growth. I never limited the point of entry of what I was doing. So I continued to work at an effective, efficient, and statistical successful rate so that I created what I called the power of 64 when I was young. I believed in productivity, how much value that I was going to provide, and accessibility. How accessible would I be to other people and how could I access what I wanted? And so I was a student of time. I thought, number one, one, that I could work twice as many hours as anyone. So I could work 16 hours, but more than just working, I was going to be more productive with those hours. So I was looking at how productive could I be with the 16 hours. And looking at that, I wanted to be twice as efficient as everyone else, which would give me 32 hours of productivity. And then if I could be twice as statistically successful, so if the average guy was closing four or woman was closing four deals out of 10, I was going to close eight deals out of 10. And mm -hmm. so by productivity standards, I then could take the 32 hours of productivity and turn it into 64 hours of productivity a day. That gave me exponential value. That gave me exponential results because I was beating people with numbers. I was productive 64 hours a day compared to the normal eight hour work person. So I was doing eight times productivity of what most people were doing. So in actuality, over the time when I became, you know, nine months to become a millionaire, that was really 72 months. 
right, of productivity. Mm. And I also was working seven days because I don't believe in work. I believe in activity I get paid for, activity I don't get paid for. It allows me to be more focused in on enjoying what I do. But even beyond that, you know, if you take 72 months, that's six years. So in actuality, although I did it in nine months, it's not so impressive to do it in six years. It's impressive, but not as impressive, Mm -hmm. right? If I told you that I had my first million by 31 years old, but by productivity standards, I was really 31. So when you take then the additional years to get to 32, where I was worth over a hundred million dollars, right? If you take those extra six years (laughs) and you times it by the factor of eight, that was 48 more years of productivity because I stayed focused on the power of 64. I actually know mathematically that I'm actually more efficient, effective, and statistically successful than 64 hours of the average productivity in a day. I'm far beyond that now because I have stayed focused in on acceleration and more growth in what I do so that every year I'm getting twice or more better at what I do. And it just gets that hockey stick effect. And that's how billionaires are made is by Mm. focusing in on acceleration and exponential growth. Wow, I'm going to have to listen to that like five times to fully understand what you're <laughs> saying. <laughs> but it sounds incredible. And it's in my book. So if you want to see it written out, it's in Connected to Goodness. Just look up the principle of the power of 64 and it'll be laid out very clearly so you can study it and learn it as well. I would love to do that. So you just mentioned 31 and I know your dad retired at 31 and he was a charismatic millionaire like yourself who went bankrupt and then made his money over and over again, similar to what happened to you, which we'll get into in a bit. So tell us about your relationship with your father and maybe one of the big life lessons that he taught you. Yeah. So my dad left when I was five and he was my hero and which probably made it the most difficult thing for my mom because back then dads didn't really pay child support. So I had a wealthy father that didn't support us. And I would tell my mom and I'd look down on my mom and tell my mom how much better my dad was than her and how she couldn't be like my dad. Meanwhile, my dad wasn't really a good dad and my mom was sacrificing every single thing she had for me and yet had the humility never to say anything negative about my dad until I was 10 years old and my dad forgot my birthday which absolutely crushed me. And not only did he forget my birthday, but he made it worse by projecting his insecurity and telling me that he didn't believe in birthdays, which I knew was ludicrous even at 10. (laughs) So I was extremely hurt and I went from making my dad a hero into making my dad the goat. And I don't mean the greatest of all time. I mean, somebody I hated. Mm -hmm. And what I learned as I got older was I hated my father for all the things I hated myself. My dad was an extreme manipulator. He was an overseller, a back-end seller, even a liar. He had OCD issues like me, but instead of putting him in a positive direction, he was a compulsive gambler. But when I was 30 years old, I got my first birthday present from my dad in the last 20 years. And it came a big box with a sport coat that fit me perfectly. It touched me so deeply that I had learned and grown to understand my father and built a relationship at 30. And I felt my dad never, ever, ever told me he was proud of me that maybe now that there was a breakthrough. And when I opened and put on the jacket, I realized that he had torn out all the lining of the jacket, all the pockets of the jacket. I was crushed. I called him and asked him if he was trying to punish me and why he would do this. And I didn't think it was funny. And he said to me, because you're just like me and I'm worried. Hmm. And I told him, I'm nothing like you. 
right? I'm not. And I go, why would you give me a jacket I can't wear? He said, it's not for wearing, it's for hanging in your closet to remind you every day you can't take anything with you. Hmm. I don't want you to be the richest man in the cemetery. I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be successful in all areas of your life. I want you to be abundant. I want you to help other people. I want you to be secure in who you are and the successes that you have. And from the time I was 30 until two years ago when I was 49, almost turning 50, and my dad passed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, almost 20 straight years, I learned to understand and learn multiple lessons about optimism, about obsessive compulsive, about business, about providing value, about manipulation, lying. My dad had great lessons to learn, not necessarily always from what he taught me by what he did, but what he said and the negative things that he did taught me great lessons of what I wanted to be and how I wanted to live. So at this point, was this before or after you went bankrupt? It was before. Unlike other people, a lot of things, I went through a quantum shift. This was the first step before I went bankrupt of a warning sign that I was manifesting the wrong things and that living in the scarce world, that I was putting faith in what I didn't want. And sooner or later, what I didn't want was sure to happen. So tell us about how much money and assets you had before you went bankrupt. Yeah, so I built uh, quite a bit. I had over $100 million in assets. I owned a golf course, a ski mountain, 33 different properties, a construction company, multiple businesses, stocks, and I was living in ego. I had lost a lot of the principles that I live by, the ones that my mom lived by, the ones my mom had taught me. I'd lost my gratitude. I'd lost forgiveness. I'd lost accountability. And I wasn't living an inspired life. I was surrounding myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas and putting faith in fear-based things. And sooner or later, that's what I ended up manifesting for myself was the biggest fear of my life, going bankrupt. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You wanna get them in the right mindset. You wanna cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who wanna try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. And so far, I've generated well over $500,000 
And the best part is I didn't have to figure out how to set up my mastermind subscriptions, how to do abandoned cart targeting and all of that tech geeky stuff. I just left that all to Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And if you're in that I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify Magic is your AI superpowered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell anything, anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to the other options out there. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., including huge global brands like Allbirds and Thrive Cosmetics. It took me a day to set up my Shopify store. I set up chat, took two minutes, and I was done. One month from thinking of the idea to implementation, a year later, I've made half a million dollars on the idea. That's what it takes in 2024, just a good idea And then utilizing a platform like Shopify that can help you make it a reality. There is no excuse these days. If you've got a good business idea and you think you'll be a good entrepreneur, you don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to be super techie. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Young and profiters, I'm about to be jet setting all over the world. I'm going to London, Cancun, New Orleans, and New York to speak. I'm going to be up there with the bright lights and I want to be spiffy. I want to look fresh. And so I'm going on a big shopping spree. I got to get clothes. I got to get hair stuff, skincare stuff, makeup. But I'm not going to feel guilty about this shopping spree because Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Rakuten is the shopping platform for savvy savers. From May 6th to May 13th, they're having their biggest cashback event of the year. I'm talking about 15% cashback at hundreds of stores with additional cashback bonuses. And they've got so many stores participating in their Big Give Week. So when it comes to clothes, I'm looking at Splendid and Good American. And when it comes to beauty, they've got so many good stores participating. They've got Ulta, Fenty, Bobbi Brown, Blue Mercury, and all the products that we love. Now we can get cash back. It's like getting a discount on the stuff you're going to buy anyway. It's absolutely amazing. They even have travel brands. So that's going to be super convenient for me with all my upcoming trips. Expedia, Hotels.com. You can get deals on everything from electronics to home goods to travel and beauty. Young and profiters, you're going to want to grab this limited time deal with both hands. You get high cashback rates for only eight days. So hurry. Membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app at R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. So your lack of humility it led you to hitting rock bottom. I think this was around 2007 to 2009. Your wife almost left you. Yeah. 
you started hanging out with the wrong people, doing the wrong things. And in your own words, you were letting the universe control you. Besides like what you were going through internally, what exactly happened and how did you get it all back? So in 2007, before I had lost anything, I ran into a woman on an airplane who told me that I was lost. She told me that I was blocking my light and asked me if I meditated. I then gave her a speech about meditation, how that I was in complete control of my life and I had grown up with nothing and I had a Ferrari, a Porsche, a big home and motorhome and boat and anything I wanted I could buy and that money bought happiness and that why would I meditate because everybody that meditated that I knew was sick, broke, living on their mom's couch and high Mm -hmm. and I, I made things happen. Well, she explained to me at that time, this quantum moment of my life, she explained to me that through meditation, she could teach me to raise my awareness and my vibration. And she taught me that I could only be aware of that which vibrated equal to or less than me and that everything vibrated, the earth, the plants, the animals, sound, light, thought. And then she rocked my world. She asked me what thought vibrated the fastest and she told me the truth. The truth vibrates the fastest, David, and I can teach you to pursue the truth, pursue your potential. I can teach you to be aware of all the great truths of the universe, and you now can manifest everything that you desire. You can put faith into what you want, and all of it can be yours. And at that moment, Mm -hmm. with over $100 million in assets, with an ego the size of King Kong, Mm -hmm. with a scarcity consciousness that I owned... I somehow decided that I was going to learn to meditate. And what happened over those next two years is I accelerated and exponentially grew and raised my awareness. But all the causes that I had done, all the things that I had done in the past came to fruition in 2009 when I had to claim bankruptcy. Mm. When I actually claimed bankruptcy, I was in a very good place mentally, emotionally, physically. But the years before, the three, four, five years before 2007, I had created the wrong energies. I had to shift those energies. I had to deactivate certain DNA of obsessive personality traits and addictions and causes that I had done. And my wife, you know, fortunately for me, you know, really woke me up as I started to meditate and do things and tell me how unhappy she was and how lost I was and told me to take stock in who I was. Mm -hmm. And so through that period, I was prepared for what was the most difficult thing I was going to have to do in my life, which is face my greatest fear of losing everything and telling people that I was now a failure, financial failure, that I had done exactly what my dad had done. And I had been a hypocrite and I'd lived my life in the wrong way. And then not only did I have to tell my new boss and my business partner, Lee Steinberg, the greatest sports agent of all time, and Warren Moon, the greatest quarterback of all time, that their Midas CEO had lost everything. And how could I, as CEO, even think that I could recruit players by telling them, don't worry, we'll take care of you. You won't be one of the 75% of the athletes to go bankrupt when I had lost everything myself. If that wasn't hard enough, I had to go tell my mother who the only reason I wanted to be rich in the first place was to take care of her and buy her house and a car, that she was right, that I was a failure, that I had not done or lived my life the way that she had taught me with gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, but I was selfish and scarce and egotistical and arrogant. But moreover, I had to tell her that I'd forgotten to take her house out of my name, and I ended up losing her house, and she would have to move. 
At that moment in my life, I learned what unconditional love was because I thought that this news would shatter her, that would break her down into tears and disgrace. Mm -hmm. But instead, she looked at me and smiled and asked, is there anything that she could do for me? Was there anything that I needed? Did I need anything? Any money, anything? And I realized at that time, I still get choked up, that I was lost. That all the things that I've done the last two years was the right trajectory, but I had to dedicate my life like my mother to be of service. But I was born with a gift and an unconscious competency that my mother doesn't have. And that was the ability of abundance to create wealth. And that unconscious competency I was now going to use, not as a victim, like when I was born and five years old, that everything happened to me. Why me? Why am I poor? Blah, blah, blah. And definitely not as the optimist that everything happened for me. But truly, as the optimist, as the top of all optimists, the person that I would wake up every morning and pray to God for at least 10 people that I can help, I would pray that everything would come through me with expansion, acceleration, and growth so that I could provide not only extraordinary wealth to other people, but empowerment to be happy, to empower other people to be happy. With all of these things, I could save them so much in their lives because we have a happiness problem. Entrepreneurs have a happiness problem. On average, I read an article that most people are only happy 15 days a year. The number one cause of death in America for people under 50 years old is suicide. Mm. My mission in life is to manifest a billion people that I can impact to be happy. So I need to impact a thousand people like you, Hala, a thousand people like you that can empower another thousand to power another thousand to be happy with simple lessons of gratitude, simple lessons of forgiveness, simple lessons of accountability, and teaching people to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of their potential to live inspired lives so they can inspire others to inspire others simply to be happy. And happy people have everything that they want, everything that they need. And that's truly where I am today and the mission that I've evolved to. Wow. It's like everything that you're saying, you could tell it's really coming from your heart. You really believe and do what you say. And that's just amazing. I want to move on to like the law of attraction and things like that. And I think a way to introduce this is to first talk about ego and understanding how ego works. I know that you've got a great framework for ego. Can you just define like what ego exactly means and why we need to feel separate, inferior, superior, guilty, and resentful, things like that? Can you just give some context to my listeners? Yeah. So at a simple level, ego is not just arrogance, right? I want everyone to know ego is far more than just this arrogant demeanor or brand that it has. Ego edges goodness out. Ego is the corrosion. It's the separation. It edges goodness out of your life. It creates a perception or illusion. It's a consciousness that creates resistance, void, shortages, and scarcity, obstacles, and struggles in your life. And it's not a reality. If you change your mindset, you'll change your life. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. You need to have three bases of ego. Number one, the law of Goya. The law of Goya is get off your ass. Mm. Do not sit at home high on your mom's couch dreaming about what you want, high and broke and sick. Get off your ass and work for what you want. Sacrifice for what you want. Create action because part of attraction is action. Mm -hmm. And the second phase is the law of attraction. After you put forth all the productivity, all the value that you want, then you need to be accessible. You need to attract 
and access everything that you want. Be accessible to others and access what you want with the laws of attraction. Put your full faith into what you want, what you think, what you say, what you do, what you believe, and even the unconscious competencies of your personality traits and energy. Put all that aggregate of faith to what you want and you'll get more of what you want. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the most hyper-aggressive part of the law of attraction or the law of getting what you want. Not only do you have to have action and attraction, but you have to surrender. You have to allow things to happen. Now, that doesn't mean sit back and allow it to happen. It is a hyper-aggressive state. It takes Goya and attraction. You need to fight your ego, number one, by being aware of it. What is my ego? When am I out of center? When am I out of the flow with anger, frustration, anxiety, separation, inferiority, superiority, fear, any of these emotions that put you on the trajectory that is not in the direct pursuit of your truth or potential? Mm -hmm. And if you can learn to, number one, be aware of your ego and then stop, breathe, and then put yourself back onto the trajectory of truth-based consciousness, not ego-based consciousness, you will be productive and accessible. You will have efficiencies, effectiveness, and statistical success. Most importantly, you will accelerate and exponentially grow in all your pursuits and so that you may feel that you're 10% of the way there in a year, which means in half a year more, you'll be 20% 20% of the way there. In a quarter of a year more, you'll be 40%. In an eighth of the year more, you'll be 80. In a 16th of the year, 160%. In a 32nd of a year, you'll be at 6,400%. And it goes on and on and on. That's how life accelerates and grows. And when people think they're not close, they're a lot closer than they think they are. And when they think they're close, they're even closer than they think they are. That's how acceleration and exponential growth works. That's what the ego does not allow you to do. It creates the corrosion and the illusion that you'll never get there. Mm -hmm. It creates the corrosion illusion that everybody else knows what's best for you, that you are what everybody else thinks of you, that you are not worthy, that you must please everybody else. All of these different emotions are included in that ego-based. And I highly encourage anyone to study ego and how it's relative to your time and productivity and accessibility. And then you can experience the flow and really truly not only be happy, but inspire others to inspire others to be happy. That's incredible. I know that something related to this is vibrations. We are constantly giving off vibrations of energy when we think and feel, and these vibrations can be picked up and received by other people. And really, the universe responds to whatever we're offering, whether that's good or bad. It doesn't care, and it just simply responds to your vibration. So you've obviously mastered the ability to attract abundance with your vibrations. So can you just... Give us some tips on, you know, you mentioned vibrating faster, vibrating higher, and vibrating in a way that we're able to receive. And I particularly have problems with this. Like, for example, I almost got a show on MTV when I was like 25. I was so close twice, you know, and I didn't get it both times. I almost was a radio host on Hot 97. I was so close and basically worked for free for three years and then didn't get it, you know? So, like, how can we actually receive things that we're working towards. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments. 
where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm going to like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and Profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Yeah, so that vibration creates a frequency and there's three phases of that frequency that you have to realize. And you may have been close, but you have to have faith in the universe that everything happened for a reason at the right time in the right place Mm -hmm. for the betterment of you, for your expansion and growth. That if you would have gotten one of those things, maybe certain things would have happened that would not put you in an accelerated position that you're in today. So Mm -hmm. number one, you need to know the power of your vibration or your frequency. How far can it reach? Right? How many people are out there? And that continues to grow. So you want to increase the power of our frequency. Then you have the spectrum of your frequency. How many different channels are people tuning into your frequency? How many people, what demographic, what sex, what race, what religions, what different age groups are able to understand and feel emotionally connected to your frequency? And then finally, the clarity that's provided by your frequency right? It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And if people don't 
resonate with what you're saying, if they don't feel emotionally attached to what you're saying, it doesn't matter what you're saying. So that vibration not only provides you awareness, which we talked about before, because you only can be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you, mm -hmm. but it also generates the frequency, the strength of your signal, the spectrum of your signal, as well as the clarity of your signal. And the greater those become, the greater your success is, the closer to your potential that you'll realize. Previously, you mentioned about you vibrate close to the truth. What do you exactly mean by that? So determined upon awareness, right, we want to know the highest vibrating truth. So wouldn't it be nice to know through awareness? And some people have greater gifts of this than not, and I've expanded my own. Just a simple truth like whether to buy or sell. If I truly had a truth of awareness of when to buy or sell, I'd be a billionaire tomorrow, right? Because I know exactly what to buy and when and when to sell it. That's the simplest way to take advantage of the currency of this vibration. There's several rules of this universe that have been written since Sanskrit. They created an energy of a technology that wasn't even in the alphabet yet. And those rules include things like we live at this vibration and this vibration's currency right now, the object of energy that puts into the flow is money. So if we have enough money, we have opportunity to shop. One of the lessons that I've learned in life is that money doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't rent happiness, but it allows us to shop. And if we shop for the right things, we're going to be really happy. Mm -hmm. So money is very, very important. That's why my motto is make a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Now that frequency, et cetera, that allows you to, you know, create this different flow, but faith is even the bigger currency. And so the rules of Sanskrit are, we live at this vibration, so be a realist. Know that money is important. The second rule is that there's just lessons. There are no mistakes. There's only lessons, and the lessons are going to keep on coming. In fact, lessons will keep on coming until you learn that lesson. They'll keep on repeating themselves, which will tell you or indicate to you to change your genetics or change your energetics because it's an unconscious competency. And then my final favorite truce of the Sanskrit or the ancient history of human nature is simply that every lesson you learn at times you're going to forget we are not consistent persistent beings even though consistent persistent is the substitute for fear the substitute for ego-based consciousness we are not consistent so every single lesson that you learn at one time or another you're going to forget mm -hmm. but what power do you have to resolve this is simply that you have the power to remember at any time every lesson that you've learned and more that you haven't even learned yet. So knowing that I'm gonna learn and forget, but yet I have the power to remember, mm -hmm. now I can take control and accelerate and exponentially grow my life through the lessons and purpose that I live here at this vibration, knowing that the currency of this vibration, the object of energy that we put into the flow at this vibration is money, and the higher vibrating energy is faith. Faith is the aggregate of what we think, say, do, believe, and the unconscious competencies of our genetics and energetics, and faith is just like money at a higher vibration. If we put faith into what we want, by what we think, say, do, believe in the unconscious competencies, we're gonna get what we want even more powerfully, even more rapidly and accurately than Amazon. <laughs> right, we don't need Amazon Prime to get it in two days. Some people can manifest things instantly. Mm. 
And I know that the importance of consistency is crucial in all this for it to work. And you talk about a concept of zeroing out. Like, for example, if you have a diet or you go to the gym, when the weekend hits and you go drinking and you start eating, of course, you're not going to end up getting the results that you expected at the end of the month because you zeroed yourself out. Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, that stems from the exponential accelerators, right? When we do things every day, I'd rather see someone lower the bar. And most of the successful people that I know preach about lowering the bar, doing things consistency, consistently. If you're going to meditate, meditate two minutes a day, more than two hours on a weekend. Because what happens is you're going to get the exponential power of that. Day one is two minutes. Day two is two minutes times two. Day three is two minutes times three. Day four is two minutes times four. What happens though is if we aggregate all that time and we miss a day, then it's on day seven, two minutes times zero times the previous numbers, right? It's one times two times three times four times five times six times zero times two. That equals zero. Mm. And what happens is on that diet example is that people will diet for 31 days, cheat on three of those days and zero it out on three of those days. So when they step on the scale, they end up with a zero of gain or loss. But in their mind, they've dieted all month. They've sacrificed so much, but they don't realize that they would have been better off staying at a consistent pace because the cellular memory programs the neural pathways in the mind. So what we think, say, and do has a cellular memory every day. And the only way to do it is within 30 days, it'll create a neural pathway in the mind to either create a habit or change a habit or cancel habit. And that once it creates a neural pathway, now the activity of sleep, which can be six to 12 hours a day, determine on who you are. Now that's working for you in the subconscious to go ahead and activate the DNA and shift your energy so that unconsciously you're continually attracting what you want. This is the math of the acceleration and exponential growth. This is why people can hockey stick their life with their relationships, with their finances, with their personal fitness and health and emotional status. All of these things can be affected with the enjoyment of a positive perspective of gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication, the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit, pursuit of your potential, your truth. Wow. So I know that we're running up on time. Didn't get to everything that I wanted to get to, but I just want to close talking about your purpose, which is unconditionally, how can I be of service? Can you just talk about this purpose that you have and why you've based your life around this? Yeah, there's a duality to that, that I live my life of value, right? I want to give everyone, be productive, give value and be accessible to other people as well as access what I want. So there's only two questions that I ask everything and everyone as I'm a student in my calendar, as I do things now, I ask myself, what am I going to do today in person, on the phone, via email and all the media, radio, print, TV, social media, to ask others how I can be of service, how I can provide value. And more importantly, especially for young people, when you ask me what advice I would give when I was your age, mm -hmm. it's simply ask for help. Know this question. If you're listening out there, listen to me real quick. Get a pencil, get a pen, type this out on your phone, whatever it is, here's the question that will change your life. Do you know anyone that can help me? Hmm. Have radical humility. Ask for help. 
Trust me, you'll be able to provide service and productivity and value to others. Pray for more than 10 people that you can help, but more importantly, pray for at least 10 people that can help you and be humble enough to ask that simple question. Do you know anyone that can help me? And when you do, great things will come to you. You will connect to all those other branches out there, all those other people that are one with you. You will clean the connection to that which inspires you. You will not be living in an ego-based consciousness. You will be living in surrender, attraction, and the law of Goya all at the same time to aggregate your faith of what you want when you want it and most importantly my mission and purpose you will be happy not only for you but you'll be able to inspire others to inspire others to be happy and we can impact the entire world and change a billion lives which will eventually change every life to be happy and happy people they do not destroy they do not fight they do not starve happy people are abundant people and abundance creates more abundance you will live in a world of more than enough more than enough of everything for everyone and that's my dream that's my goal and i really have and believe i have the math to do that wow this was such an incredible conversation i'm so excited to put it out to my listeners and you know chop it up on social media because you said so many powerful things throughout the interview so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on young and profiting podcast where can our listeners go to learn more about you and everything that you do well, I compliment you on your research and what a great interview and what a great podcast you have. I do these all the time and this is one of the best and you should be proud of yourself. All you need to do to reach me is remember the name David Meltzer, M-E-L-T-Z-E-R. My Instagram's at David Meltzer. My LinkedIn, David Meltzer. My YouTube, David Meltzer. You can Google David Meltzer. My website is Meltzer, so you got a little transition <laughs> there. But if you remember David Meltzer, you will find me, and I am of service, happy to help. I have a great podcast called The Playbook. I have a new book coming out with McGraw-Hill called Game Time Decision Making. Please reach out to me, be of service, and most importantly, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Thanks, David. And I'd love to have you back on the show when your book comes out. Awesome. I'd love to come back on. Hala, you are amazing. If you need anything, please reach out. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Follow Yap on Instagram at Young and Profiting and check us out at youngandprofiting.com. And now you can chat live with us every single day on Yap Society on Slack. Check out our show notes or youngandprofiting.com for the registration link. You can find me on Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Hala Taha. Big thanks to the Yap team for another successful episode. This week on Yap, I'd like to give a special thanks to our social media team, Steves and Parth. The duo has been working hard to ramp up our social media on Instagram and YouTube. Stop by our pages and show them some love. This is Hala signing off. Thank you.